I'm Krati Mehra and this is Beyond the Goals podcast. It's my attempt to help you revel in all that life has to offer without pressing pause on your hustle. We learn how to create healthier relationships, a healthier lifestyle, a career that brings us true joy and a life that satisfies us on every level. Forget the conventional ideas of success and happiness because we're going to live a life of value and create an impact that speaks to our place in the world. So let's get started. Hello and welcome back to Beyond the Goals. I'm your host Krati Mehra and for today's episode, we are doing things a little differently. But before I tell you how, if you're new here, let me tell you a little something about this show. Beyond the Goals is my attempt to share concepts, ideas and tools that can enrich your life, compel you to explore life choices that don't just serve the daily hustle or material money goals that are not just about building that picture perfect life to impress your insta followers instead we focus on designing a life that's about the deeper yearnings of your soul about building an inner world so rich and fulfilling that external validation becomes redundant so you can find everything you need within yourself be your own anchor and create impact as you live a truly meaningful life and to help me with my mission with uh, what i'm trying to do through this show and to give you a little peek into my own journey i have decided to once a month hold conversations on the show that are completely unscripted with no set agenda except to check in invite you to run a quick life assessment see how you're feeling about yourself and talk about some of our common struggles be it around relationships health and well-being or the conflicts of the inner world In between that I'll be taking questions from my audience my lovely listeners with the intent to turn those conversations into mini coaching sessions that will allow me to connect with you and provide you with solutions to what you might be struggling with in real time but and this is a truly exciting part I won't be doing this alone I will be joined by a dear friend someone who has been a guest expert on the show twice someone I trust and admire greatly Julie Wynn has agreed to co-host these episodes with me and I cannot be more thrilled. <laughs> the journey begins with this episode. Today we will be having a very very candid open conversation about how the new normal has impacted and continues to impact our lives, our goals for the coming year, how we manage the self-doubt and the insecurities that get in the way, how to cope when you don't have the support of your loved ones in your journey, doing compassionate self-work and so much more. But before we dive into today's conversation for those of you not already familiar with our guest I'll let Julie introduce herself. Hi everyone, my name is Julie. I am a writer, trauma-informed relationship coach and former matchmaker. A lot of my writing explores sex, personal growth, dating, relationships and trauma and my relationship coaching practice is based in liberation, pleasure and self-actualization and doing the work. A lot of my work isn't more so centered on the idea of getting you into a relationship with someone. It's more so about the idea of the relationship you foster with yourself and like how much you know about yourself which influences the way that you move in the world. So that's a little bit about me. How did I do? <laughs> was it a good intro? <laughs> yeah, I you know, okay. I like the fact that you, your introduction, I think like this is something I noticed in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh and because there's always this philosophical bent to how you explain things and how you like okay. I'm I'm guessing you probably that's how you probably counsel people as well that's why you're such a great coach uh, so and that's what I keep noticing now now every time we are talking even in our <laughs> mails I keep noticing it like there is this very poetic <laughs> way to you oh, okay it's <laughs> like, I hope it's a good thing whenever you expand on anything <laughs> so even okay. your introduction is kind of like that yeah <laughs> okay sometimes i feel like i am too wordy when i talk and i'm like i want to edit myself down but then there's a self-consciousness when you're just like yes. way too yes. wordy what you're saying so i'm glad that yes. it's reading off as put like being poetic cuz to me it's like yeah. word vomit you know <laughs> <laughs> but that's the plan right that's the plan for this episode to be like very candid and very honest and mm. just have like a conversation about things that you know that are concerning us and things that i know are going to impact anybody who listens to the show because the theme of the show is such that we are covering topics that are of relevance if you are just trying to live like a more growth oriented more balanced more fulfilling life which is what we are doing today so let's not like <laughs> tone down any 
part of ourselves and <laughs> let's just be honest. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah so i'm down so so i'm ready for it great awesome so i know that we've had like a lot of um changes and everyone has gone through so many changes in the past couple of years so what's what's new with you what have you been up to lately gosh what is new with me i think this is a very different answer than an answer that like 2020 me or like any former yeah. years would have given yeah a lot yeah. of my life right now is about like slow living and I, I've mentioned to this to you before like I'm just really wanting to intentionally slow down and be really thoughtful about the projects and the brands and the clients that I'm working with um, before I think there was a little not like a desperation but like this hunger to just kind of take on anyone to like prove to myself that I could have a business or prove to myself that I was being validated as like a coach or as a writer and I'm really wanting to move in this other position of like, how do I be really thoughtful about the things that I'm doing? So a lot of my life has been stripped down from a ton of projects or like waking up every day and having this very full schedule. I spend a lot more time like really just like vibing outside <laughs> like or reading a book. Yeah, Like yeah. it's really just like quiet. So that's been me. Um, But how has it been for you? Because I know that with your podcast, there's been so many things that you've been doing, so many different programs that you've been involved in. Yeah, because previously I was taking on a lot of like, I was taking on cases that were touching on a lot of things like mental health, emotional well-being, uh, abuse, and so much stuff. So I decided to switch to something that I could focus on completely and I decided to like because out of all the work that I've done the most fulfilling work and the most I think success that I've had with has been the work that I've done with women female empowerment and just teaching them to live a life that's more about them and not just about sacrificing themselves and their dreams for other people and being more bold and confident so that's so I made that switch and you know as you said for you it's been about slow living for me it's been about creating meaning in every single thing that I do and so yeah for me it was like shifting to that and now laser focusing on that like making sure that all my content gravitates in that direction only it serves that audience and learning more and more and more about that and I'm in the process of like launching a beta program so hopefully that would go well and I'll be able to serve more and more people and that's what like for me from this point forward that's how I'm setting goals I'm not I've become very conscious about what's driving me and making sure that it's all coming from a place Mm -hmm. of authenticity and it's coming from a place where it's more about what fulfills me and what speaks to me and not about what's trending or what's easier to do or (laughs) or what would you know serve a wider audience I don't care so much about serving more people as much as I care about creating the right kind of impact and getting the right kind of results so that there is like a ripple effect you know touching one life and hoping that it you know that one person goes forward and packs so many more lives oh my gosh I love that (laughs) so yeah let's see how that goes and the podcast of course is for everyone it uh, serves everyone anybody who wants to you know get away from the hustle and make their life about something other than you know that constant grind So yeah, I'm getting to like touch on everything and focus on some things more than I did before. And those things are, I think, nurturing me and helping me nurture others as well. So it's been good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's cool that you're letting your authenticity, like that's the trend that you're setting for your goal. It's what you like to do. It's who you like to help. And I think that's really going to transcend the projects that you're developing in the way that you like talk to your clients, because it's something that you're genuinely passionate yeah, about. Um, I feel like that's such no, for sure. Like, it's such a good way to goal set. Because in the past, I've done it by like a metric, I've done it by this tangibility, like there's this outcome that you can like, measure something objective by. And that type of goal setting is very exhausting. And I think it produces burnout versus doing something that you're like, I'm doing it because I like to do it. And I want to take my time doing it. I'm not going to like brush myself or push myself because I know that it's naturally going to be what it's supposed to be, you know? Yeah. So did did you set resolutions? How do you set goals? That's something I'm always interested in knowing. How do I set goals? I mean, yeah, like I said before, (laughs) my goal setting is very different. It's been different since the pandemic. 
And that's something that you like yeah. noted before, like the pandemic has changed so much of my relationship to like productivity and success. So like my goal setting, it's things I've already been doing on a daily basis. Like every day I wake up and I try to do something that's good for my mind, body and soul, whatever that is. If it's like going outside in nature, if it's eating something delicious and soothing, like a home cooked meal for my parents or um, yeah, like reading a really good book, like that's kind of my goal setting now. I don't have any yeah. towards my career, which I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I don't know if it's a good thing that I've ta- like, it's taken such a backseat in my life or if it's a positive thing. So that I'm still wrestling with that feeling. <laughs> like, should I more you know tangible effect but I think that's a good thing because if you remember like during our very first conversation you talked about uh, not liking it when somebody calls you a guru or somebody calls you an expert because you don't feel like an Mm. expert you don't think anyone can justify that label truly justify that label because we're all works in progress and I think that's that's exactly what you're saying right now and I think that's so important that we are constantly whether it's about setting goals whether it's about the career that we have chosen we have to keep examining things because if you're not doing that then we're stuck I think that's a very very dangerous place to be where you just become very complacent and you stop examining things and you stop tweaking your methods I think that's not a great thing to do and I also also feel like this is something like the pandemic was such an unfortunate thing to happen to the world it's caused so much loss and so much tragedy but i think some a few good things have come out of it i think one of those things is like people are looking closely at their lives and looking for meaning and not just like the conventional things that served them before so i think that's because i think goal setting to a certain degree can be so toxic you can get so bogged down in the numbers and the in those and a lot of the time the goals are not even about you it's not even coming from within it's just about what everyone else is doing and what would make you look good which is just such an unfortunate thing because somewhere down the line when a lot of time has passed you are going to realize that the life you've been living isn't even your own which is I think yeah. yeah so I think that's something like this is some a message that I would love to put out there like instead of you have to get more intentional about your goals which is one of the reasons why it's so important that we be in constant conversation with ourselves so that we know actually what serves our soul what speaks to us at our core and so I think there has to be a lot of authenticity about it so I appreciate that you you know your goals have changed so much and even if it is about like progressing with a certain project I think it still has to be more about learning and growth and less about hitting numbers. I think that's mm. very How important. has your relationship to goal setting changed? Has the pandemic influenced that for you at all? Yeah, like it's about, as I said, it's about creating meaning. It's about creating the right kind of impact. So for me now, it's no longer about how many the numbers. It's not about serving XYZ number of clients. It's about whether I'm creating something new, whether I'm being more like, as I said, when I made the switch to serving only women, even though previously, like considering my record, considering all the cases that I've done, I've had more success with female clients, but single-mindedly and exclusively focusing on women is something else entirely, which means I'll be creating programs that serve women. And it's like, it's a very different when audience, when you're talking to women, it has to come from a place of I think there has to be a lot of sensitivity there. There has to be a lot of understanding there. And when you are targeting women from all walks of life and from all cultures, you also have to have the sensitivity and understanding to be able to cater to them in the sense where you you can't quite understand the things that they have been through in their life, but you are still talking to them and trying to help them through it. So I think that's something I was very nervous about it. I was very unsure whether I'll be able to do justice to that because I really, this is something I feel so emotional about. I always get so emotional when I work with women and now to do it exclusively means I'm going to have to be professional about it. (laughs) But uh, to be able to do a good job, I'm going to maintain my investment. I don't think there's anything wrong with being emotional. I think you can maintain a degree of professionalism and maintain that emotional investment. You don't have to tone down your intensity. Uh, you know to serve people yeah (laughs) so I have 100% and I wish that people saw like emotionality as a positive thing like learning how to express your emotions and regulating it 
is such a superpower because a lot of people we've been taught to repress it. We've been taught to deny it. We've been taught to like use another feeling in services of just feeling, you know, sad or angry or prideful or whatever. So it's really cool that you're just like embracing it and being like, just because I'm emotional doesn't mean that I'm like not being professional at my job. It just means I'm connecting with people deeply and I care. Yeah, but that's just the thing, though, because I'm there is so much vulnerability as I'm taking this on. Yeah. I think that vulnerability is going to make me good at this job because it means I'm going to keep learning totally. constantly. I'll be learning constantly. I'll, I'll listen harder. I'll listen longer. I'll pay more attention and I'll be looking at my solutions in from every perspective. I'll, whatever programs I create, I will be, you know, giving them a second, third, fourth, fifth glance and making sure that it's serving my whoever I'm talking to, be it a one on one session, be it a group session. So I think that's something that's I, I'm but that's how my goal setting has changed. It's no longer about achieving X, Y, Z. It's about creating meaning. So every day it's about what did I learn today? How did I grow? And is this really how I want to spend my day? And if not, then changing it the very next day. Of course, I have like I have uh, those X Y Z goals also because you have to yeah. you know, have milestones. But now it's more about the 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 focus has shifted to meaning, and not the logistics of it or the aesthetics of it. So yeah, that that that's that's one change that has been there. Oh my gosh, yeah, I I love that. I think meaning making is a very important thing, and I do think that the pandemic has shifted that for a lot of people where they're not as, there's so many anti-work movements happening right now where they've realized that their job, the way that they're, yeah. they've shaped their identity around it has been, it hasn't been like an equal relationship because they've seen their bosses, they've seen their work treat them poorly and they're realizing, wait, this is just a salary. Like, what do I want to give to it? Um, so I do hope that like this year, people are making shifts away from like, I don't know, like, I want to go to the gym every day. And more so of like, I just want to move my body and do something good for my body. It's like that little bit of perspective reframing is really helpful. Yes, that's true. And I think what a lot of people are struggling with because of I think there's a passivity that has settled in because of the pandemic, all the work Mm -hmm. from home uh, shift that has been there. And I think people have just slowed down a little bit. But now yeah. when they, they pick big goals, they are, I think, intimidated because they don't quite know how to maintain that discipline that is required to meet that goal. They know that they have what it takes, but they don't quite know whether they have what it takes to focus all that potential and all that talent and bring that discipline forward. So there is a lot of insecurity around that. And of course, the, you know, all the uncertainty that this time has created, we have money has become more valuable during this time. So you can't, you, you can focus on well-being and that's all that's the right thing to do. But at the same time, you know, you understand medical emergencies. Younger generations started to understand what it means to have a medical emergency. And now, you know, they're, everyone's trying to build a savings account. Everyone's trying to make sure that their home has everything that they could possibly need if, you know, something goes down tomorrow. So there's a lot of, I think there's also insecurities have increased in people. There's more fear also. I think fear is anyways... For everyone, the more easy to access emotion, I think fear is something we're all very, very familiar with. And I think it's become a little louder during this period because of the pandemic. Mm, Completely. That's a thing I wish that like was more recognized, at least for the states, like with the mental health, like the pandemic, when we first when it first hit, we didn't think it was going to last as long as it did. Now we're in year two of this and there's been so much strain it's been exhausting to manage like being scared of being outside, being scared of affecting people, being scared of getting sick and people wanting business to be back to normal people wanting or the work, like the pressures of what it's like to be in society or whatever. Like they just want things to be fine again, but we're still juggling a lot of these fears. Um, Oh, and it's really tough to feel that like being scared, you know? Yes. But I think, there is something that I think I've been doing more of and that's focusing on what I can control versus what I can't Mm -hmm. control. And if something goes wrong, I just keep going at the things that I can control in like different ways and just switch my focus away from what I can't control. It's not always very easy to do because especially if you are used to, you know, being the strong, being the controlled person, 
if you know control and strength are very important to you then the dynamic is you know difficult to um it's it can get very difficult for people like that but i think that's just what you have to do you have to train your brain to constantly focus on what you can control and just not uh you know invest too much of your energy or your time worrying about the things that are beyond your control mm. that's just something i think we all have to learn anything like you've been doing specifically that you would want to share how you're dealing with your insecurities and have been dealing with my insecurities i mean i've been doing a lot of the same things i've always leaned on a lot of journaling a lot of like being by myself is always really helpful because when i'm by myself yeah. i think that's when i'm the most me um and that just kind of helps with my insecurities because a lot of my insecurities are external it's not really about myself as a person um yeah so yeah like it's been a lot of those things it's i mean it's it's definitely difficult because it's like what you said we have to be thoughtful about the things that we're thinking about the things that we're inviting into our space the news that we watch but sometimes like i have this tendency i slip up like i will look at news and then i'll feel so negative because i'm reading so many yeah. bad stories that are happening all yeah. around the world and all of these like things that the government is doing and it really gets me so upset and i have to remind myself okay this means i need to take a step back and i need to start really thinking about like what i'm putting on my what I'm putting on my laptop to watch, what I'm looking up online to see because if I I can really go down a rabbit hole. Um so that's yeah, that's kind of been my balance. What about you? I I think for me I've always been like you know how I've always had like imaginary friends and I've had internal monologues. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So I that's something. <laughs> you know, I have been meaning to invite someone over to the show to talk about alter egos because I think those are such such mm. powerful tools to navigate difficult emotions and that's something that I have done since I was a little kid. Yeah. I'm a superhero nerd, so for me it's like you know whenever things get really difficult i'm no longer alone in the room i've got like 10 <laughs> superhero yeah. friends who are helping me navigate things so that's something that's so awesome <laughs> yeah, yeah and that's something i still do like there is a krati who is soft and mm-hmm. she's sweet and she's funny and she's goofy and you know that's who i am when i'm with my mom or when i'm with my friends and then there is the pure intellect w- where i'm just learning and i'm just you know talking about things like this conversation we're having and just it's about it's focus on you know building and growing and then there is a krati who is very stoic and she's very strong and she goes super quiet when she's handling things because her entire focus is on staying calm and just getting her you know shit keeping her shit together and just getting through whatever storm that i'm facing so i like i channel those personas whenever i am feeling down and out i just retreat into my own world which is mm-hmm. why i have always like emphasized uh why it's so important to be your own anchor to have like this internal world which has everything you could possibly need like a whole world inside you and you can just like a tortoise you can just retreat in your shell and do the do whatever tweaking <laughs> and repairing and <laughs> you need to do before you rejoin yeah. the world so that's something i've always done and i do it sometimes like when the noise gets when things get too noisy in my head then yeah i also do journaling i i pray i'm religious i pray like i'm not a i i'm a religious in in the fun way like i do all the fun religious <laughs> stuff <laughs> but oh my gosh i love prayer that helps me. it yeah. helps me it helps me yeah so those are things that i do but for me it's it's being in conversation with myself it's knowing that it's okay for me to step away from the world go really really quiet and just you know tell the world to just screw itself while i take care of myself <laughs> so for me that's like <laughs> i think that's important i think people need to just slow down on a regular basis have like 15 it's 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 crazy isn't it like i've spoken to people and i recommend like 5 minutes of quiet time and even that's difficult for certain mm. people which is to me that's even when i think about it it, it makes me anxious <laughs> like how can that be <laughs> i love it i'm like can you give me the entire day <laughs> can you leave and not talk to me ever again <laughs> i mean i think that, like, i totally identify with what you're saying about how you view solitude because i do see it that same way because i've always identified i mean i grew up 
uh, I was born in California, but then I moved to the Midwest when I was like in third grade. And I was, I mean, the only Asian kid like in my class. So I just grew up like really othered, um, very lonely. Like my friends were books. Like that was what I grew up. I did like moving myself around. Like I loved books. I loved watching TV. I loved watching movies because it was like me seeing this other world, but I wasn't participating in it. And I was okay with it. (laughs) Like that distance was totally fine for me. (laughs) I didn't need to be so close. And I think that like, as I've grown up, that defense mechanism of like isolation has been my default. And it's, it's not a bad thing. Like to me, I really like being by myself. Like I don't typically ask a lot of my friends for advice, because I know that like, the advice I need is what's right for me. And I just need to be alone. So I can feel that instead of having all of these external things come at me. And it's really nice, I think, when people develop that relationship with themselves, because then you do become really reliant. You become very independent and you know yourself so well that you can make a lot of choices that serve you the best way. Yeah. Yeah. And when I like when I do something that it doesn't fit in with the person that I want to be, the person that I see myself as my ideal self, maybe I very quickly recognize that, oh, no, 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 this is not who I am this is not what I should be doing and I Mm self-correct not in a like hateful or a uh, you know self-denigrating way but just in a like take a step back right away and just go into your room and just you know quiet everything down and think about why you did this what what was driving this impulse yeah (laughs) it's like self-punishment you're like I gotta have a time yeah but it's not a time it's like it's a conversation (laughs) with myself figuring things out okay what triggered that I get it (laughs) that was unexpected (laughs) (laughs) that was crazy (laughs) let me think about that (laughs) and and my like (laughs) yeah sometimes I'll do that too (laughs) yeah like that's what journaling is I'm laughing because I know Mm-hmm. You and I, you know, this is something that I, I came up with during a session with a client. And I don't know if this is positive. It has said what kind of connotations going to like what kind of emotions going to bring up. But like I refer to certain people as baggage compatible. <laughs> like I always say that everyone has baggage. But when you are in an intimate friendship or when you're in a romantic relationship with someone, your baggage mm. has to be compatible with their baggage. <laughs> I think. No, I, I that's why you and I are friends. Yeah, (laughs) I think that we're definitely like, I really get along with people that are like, very weird, and like different, but in a good way. Like, I like people that like beat to the, um, what's that saying? They like march to the beat of their own drum. Like, I don't get a, I get along with a lot of people, but it's hard for me to find people that I connect with, like to this level. Um, and it makes a lot of sense. Like we, I think the way that we see things, the way that we grew up, it's very, it's, similar, it's yeah. pretty similar. The way that we kind of retreated into ourselves weird. and we saw being inward was a good yeah, thing. Weird, lonely you know, it wasn't a, po- yeah. a negative. <laughs> yeah, totally. A very weird thing. Yeah. <laughs> like for me, crying has never really, never helped me. Crying just leads to migraines. So for me, it's, it's mm. I would just go really, really. Oh, quiet. really? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I cry all the no, time, but no, I'm, I'm like crying alone. Yeah, like <laughs> crying is healthy, but it's not like my go-to option. It's like when things, mm. when shit hits the fan, I go really calm and really quiet. And you know, Batman is my favorite yeah. superhero. I've told you this before. So for me, yeah, in yeah. a lot of the very, mm-hmm. very, like very, very challenging situations, like what would Batman do? Would Because I always pretend like he's watching me mm. and considering me for his team. So I'm like, okay, mm. <laughs> would this... Added to get me higher. <laughs> I, I'm gonna edit this out. This but I like that. <laughs> no, I love that because it's like you're channeling. That's like another yeah. way of you having your I, higher yeah. self. Like I always think about my higher self and that person of me. It's not like she's different from me, but she leads with like authenticity, and she's not afraid of who she is as a person. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the fears that I have, it doesn't it doesn't always serve my higher self. Mm-hmm. It's just fears that I'm getting myself trapped into because it's easy to get locked up in that holding pattern of anxiety. It's easy to think the worst of yourself. It's easy to think all of these like, cyclical thoughts. So it's nice to break away from that and kind of reference 
this because I don't have heroes like I just think about who do I want to be and the person I want to be is a person that's really tender with herself and very open-hearted and very sincere and like if I reference her I'm more likely to make decisions that are best for me not decisions that like take me outside of the path yeah, of on you yeah, know that's beautiful so that's how we reset the balance that's how we deal with like challenging moments but when it comes to work and especially like entrepreneurship or coaching let's talk about how we deal with those moments where we are feeling challenged when feeling inadequate but we are called upon to do not just solve our own goals but make sure that the other person gets to the finish line as well so something i've been trying to lean into when i'm in a space with my clients is by i it's like what you said at the beginning of the episode, like I don't identify as a guru or a teacher or as an expert, because I think all of those things create this relationship where one person has an authority versus another person that's like seeking them. And it creates this weird imbalance. I like to think of myself more as a person that just holds space for someone. And a lot of the clients I work with are clients that are interested in tackling problems that I have experience with. If it's like, getting out of a relationship that has been traumatic or wanting to understand more deeply about themselves or like understanding who they are in relationship to their dating patterns. Like I love that type of analysis of my clients. So I think that's my strong suit and that's all I'm bringing into it. So it makes it a little bit easier to like remove ego from it. And I think the ego comes with that imposter syndrome or feeling like you're not like all of these interpretations of your job, like I try really hard to understand like, okay, what makes me unique as a person to share space with them is that I can validate their experience. I can ask them different questions that tease out a truth or some inner knowledge that they can have for themselves. Like I don't like telling people this is how it is. I like to ask them questions so then they can figure that out for themselves because it's so much more meaningful for them to reach that conclusion on their own versus me being like, okay, well, I listened. Um, this is what it is. You have this problem with this XYZ person. Like, I really try not to do that at all. I try to come from a place of like, how can I just be that person? Like this extremely reflective mirror for them and be a safe space for them to process those things that's my goal. So if I make it about that, it makes it less about me being in the room. Like I feel like I'm not in the room as much as I am just like sitting beside them and just kind of helping them out with that situation. That sounds amazing. In fact, I think this is a good technique for anyone who is facing communication challenges in their relationship also. Mm. I think that's a really good thing where you just remove yourself from the the, the equation all together and you for at least a few minutes you make it just about the other person I think that's one of the reasons why certain people struggle with it because you can't you can't stop thinking how this impacts me mm. you have to stop and you have to consider how it impacts the other person and only about that just for like the length of that conversation perhaps I think that's like a really good idea and especially if a coach can do that that's amazing that's one of the reasons why I love my therapist so much who is now retired and now I'm oh, <laughs> being no. forced to look for a new yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. COVID was it for him. He was like, I'm too old for this. <laughs> so, but that's one of the reasons why he was so cool. Like, yeah. yeah, like in a very sneaky way, he would redirect my attention to what I have shared. And he would never like, of course, there was never any judgment there. You know, you can't have judgment never. because the second judgment enters the room, there is going to be no growth. Yeah. There's going to be no learning. And the person is probably not even going to come back to you. So, so that's definitely not going to be there. Uh, but I think one of the things that he really did was he would just redirect my attention to certain points that I would have said, but not really understood. Like when I would talk about my relationship with my parents and he would mention the parts that I'm empathetic about, but that I'm ignoring in my anger. So he would redirect my attention and like dig into that. And I think that was just such a cool thing that he did, like a Jedi mind trick that he did. <laughs> I thought that was really cool. I love that because it's more so like when they notice something about you, they don't have to confront you with it because it's like, it's so no, much better no. to discover it for yourself. Um, so I really, yeah. that informs a lot of like the way that I try to hold space for people. It's like, how can I bring yeah. it out in you 
Like you think I have the answer to it, but I don't because I'm not you. Like your life is your life. Yeah. But I can, you know, yeah. be this container for you to explore it within yourself and like sit with the discomfort of trying to answer that question for an hour. Because a lot of people, like when they feel that anxiety of like, I have this thing I need to solve. After a few minutes, it becomes so uncomfortable. It's like, how can I distract myself? Can I watch TV? Can I like do this thing? Can I like go out with my friends? Can I go drinking? There are so many diversions on the path of answering that one question. And then it just like becomes this loop. Yeah. Yeah, I think, but even if like for our listeners, even if they're like not ready to approach a therapist or if they haven't found the right one or right coach, that I think you can do it for yourself as well. Mm. That's one of the reasons why journaling is such a cool uh, tool. It's just so like so helpful and not just, or just having like video diaries or just like talking to yourself or doing what I do and like having your imaginary friends over <laughs> for a, for dinner or something. <laughs> and then just, you know, <laughs> I love that. the thought dumping and then sifting through your thoughts and just figuring patterns and figuring things out that you may not have noticed yesterday, but you're going to notice today. And then certain other things that you're going to notice tomorrow. I think you have to just make space for your emotions. It's okay. Like the rush shouldn't be there and everything should be okay mm. open to all open to as far all. as emotions are concerned totally and yeah <laughs> I think that's important. I also I like the way that you framed that because a lot of people like we're so governed by our patterns and to instead of just repeating the same things again and again it takes an incredible amount of introspection to slow down and to be like wait I want to deconstruct this. I want to understand why I'm getting into these specific situations again and again. What am I doing to it? Who am I attracting? What are the people I'm inviting into my life? Like when you start to interrogate yourself that way, to me at least, and a lot of the people that I worked with, once you know these things, you can't unknow it. It's hard to make those same choices knowing it's going to lead you down that same path. And that's the first step towards like, self-awareness right and just kind of like actualizing your potential and being the person you want to be so yeah like if you don't want to go to therapy you don't have to but be interested in why you do the things that you do yeah exactly in fact I think like I very recently I was reading Carol Dweck's book growth mindset I read it a long time ago and I hadn't read it since so I read it and I just like I realized I think I don't know whether it was because I had had a conversation with you previous right before I started reading that book or it was the book I don't know but I I realized that I have a fixed mindset so far as relationships are concerned Mm. like I have a fixed like I don't work as hard when it comes to romantic relationships like for me it's easy come easy go which is (laughs) not a bad it's just not a very nice (laughs) (laughs) like you pointed out I think it was just because I'm not really at a place where I want to focus on another person but I realized that's what that's also one of the things that's happening. There's this very definite fixed mindset where relationships are concerned, where I'm like, yes, but this is getting too hard. Let's just, you know, move on. (laughs) Right. But for you to acknowledge that, that's powerful. That's so important because a lot of people, like when they feel that there's this like, no, I don't want to like, I don't want to see that. I don't want to understand that. I don't know what, um, that means about my relationships and they just kind of move on from it like to just acknowledge it because as soon as you understand it whenever that thought does come up you'll have your reflex thoughts which support your original thesis which is like easy come easy go but then another thought will follow and that'll be like the self-aware thought that's like are you doing this because of x fear um you know that you have a really limited perspective when you think about this is this a blind spot Because that's also something I've been um, thinking a lot about. I got back into therapy and I've been really like, I write, I, this was an exercise that my, like, I love getting homework from my therapist. I'm like, just tell me (laughs) what I can do so I can be a better person. (laughs) And he had recommended um, me writing down my triggers, like things that caused me to like go into my avoidance pattern or caused me to like, detach from the situation so as soon as I write down all of these like triggers I realize that like if I'm in an event where that's happening my first instinct is to like do the unhealthier thing versus like sitting with it or um, thinking about it thoughtfully so that's been something 
I mean, I'm still working on it. Yeah. Every day I do something and I'm like, oh my God, this is not good. But okay, I'll work on it. <laughs> <laughs> At least I'm aware yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> my perspective right now. <laughs> I'm not even growing. I'm just like, ah, that's like a thing I do every day. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's a good thing. I think, I think every coach... <laughs> should before anything else like when you share your qualifications you should also share all the self-work that you do I think that's just if I were hiring you as a coach it would make Mm. me feel safer like I'm talking to someone who actually is doing self-work I would not want to work with someone who declares them an expert and themselves an expert and says I'm done like that seems like a very very difficult Mm. thing to do but because now yeah I, I realize like I'll be talking to I'll be working exclusively with women and not like not abused women because those cases I, I, I think I shared with you, I redirect to mental health experts, people who are specifically specializing Mm. in that. So just women who want to really realize their power. And that's something that really like fires me up feminine power and female empowerment. That's something I'm so big on that. And then there is my love for superheroes and that those things intertwine. (laughs) And then I'm like, they do. Yeah, and then I'm yeah. just so in my zone. But then I had to remind myself as I was putting together my content and I was planning things. And I reminded myself that, you know, some of these women really value their romantic relationships. And you have to be, you have to make space for that as well. Like there are people who think it's okay to sacrifice some of their happiness for the people they love. Like I do it with my mom a lot. Like I'm always happy and it doesn't bother me. It doesn't take away my power. I'm so okay with that. So I, I realized that I have to be, you know, I have to like create a program, like create a module or create like lesson plans where that's okay. And where I have to like make it healthy for them. Like, it's okay if you want to keep doing that. If that's how you show your love, that's okay. But let's make it healthy. And mm-hmm. that whole thing just sent me down on such a path of self-discovery. <laughs> like I was exploring my thoughts and my triggers and I was like, okay, yeah, this cannot happen. And this is okay. And let's make room for this and let's, you know, fix this part. And I think that those are so fun. It's just so fun to do that. That's why you have to keep learning. That's why you have to keep reading. You have to keep talking to people. You have to keep let, you have to let people educate you. One of the reasons mm-hmm. why I love talking to you so much is you always like help me have these breakthroughs and <laughs> they're always like later I explore them on my own. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In the moment you're like, that's an interesting thought. And then wait, you're like, yeah. okay. <laughs> let me, let no, me I... note this down. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that because it's like, it's like what you were saying before. It's like every good like us being people that like to isolate ourselves that are very introverted. Yeah, sure. There are negatives with that, but then there are also positives because it does allow you to like sit with yourself and learn all of these things. Um, And that's the beautiful thing about triggers. I used to like hate it when I would spiral, like I would get into those rabbit holes in my mind and I would just start to like think all of these bad things about myself. But as soon as I really understood the nature of triggers, which is just like, this is a wound, like you're tripping over it because you haven't integrated it. So to like not have it bother you, you have to investigate what's the original thing that's hurting you so much because this is such a small present event. So why is it causing this mountain of pain to come out when you like encounter it? So for me, that's how I've been seeing my triggers because it's so tough. Like every day I feel like I have so many triggers there's so many things that make me think the like the least of myself and it's hard for me to be like okay I'm learning I'm growing from this because in the moment it can feel um very overwhelming to be like oh my god I have so much work to do on myself (laughs) I'm such a fucked up person (laughs) but you think that and then it's like wait okay but you're at least you're aware. At least you're like, yeah. yeah. I have to have that like positive <laughs> compassion for myself because most of the time I'm just like, oh my God, I need so much help. <laughs> <laughs> but I think those are the moments where you have to remind yourself of all the good things you have already accomplished. Right, <laughs> right. But the bad yeah, things, I think they're always, they're so big in your mind, you know, it's so hard to think about your positives. But you're right. It's all about balance. It's all about keep, balance. Keep doing that. this is why like my favorite quote my favorite superhero batman quote is uh he's in a fight with bane 
who mm-hmm. really is kicking his ass. And then Bane says that, you know, it's the end for you, Batman. It, I, I, I don't remember the exact words, but I'm right. going to like share it in the episode description because it's such a favorite with me. So like Bane is like, yeah, this is the end for you, Batman. And then Batman is like, do you understand just how many villains have said that to me? And I get beaten. I, get, I take a lot of hits, but I'm still here. So to me, that's like such, I'm gonna, I'm thinking about like putting that up in my room because that always carries me through like, Mm. I'm still here. I have taken hits before and I'm still here. Mm. And that's something everybody needs to keep reminding themselves of that you have had challenges before you'll get through this. You are identifying your triggers. That's whatever way you look at it. That's a good thing. That's a positive. You grew today. Congratulations. That's awesome. (laughs) So I think that's something Yeah, we all have to doing that and we have to keep reminding ourselves of all the shit that we have already gone through in our lives mm. and we'll get through the rest of it yeah. as well and make it more exciting by learning at every step I feel that for sure it's like my the small part of myself <laughs> is like you suck and then my higher self is like no you're trying <laughs> <laughs> like, it's okay uh, it's really funny yeah. to have like that duality and I think a lot of people do feel yeah. that because life is long you have a lot of regrets you do a lot of bad things that may not necessarily define your character and it's just forgiving yourself moving on from it and um yeah using that as a lesson yeah the only way for me to get past the regret is reframing it making it look like a learning experience to my own brain and reminding myself no no there's no loss here it's it's all (laughs) it's all good it's it's all for the better so yeah i think that's really important and we we've like we've talked about so much but let's talk about self care also um a lot of my self care kind of supports me maintaining a positive view of myself and it's just like being very embodied as much as i can be which is through like i go on like daily walks and bike rides almost every single day unless it's like I see outside <laughs> like I physically cannot yeah. um, for the most part yeah. like that's a way yeah. that I really maintain um, equilibrium of myself and also just like having really great interactions of like the people in my life with my family friends like you people that I can be myself around like that is a self-care um, and it's also like enforcing boundaries of stuff like that too because I um my priority right now is me really understanding myself and being really intentional with myself. And that takes priority, but I have all of these other really beautiful things that I can lean on as I'm going through this like transformational part of my life. So that's been, and playing with my cat. (laughs) That's like basically queen. Yeah. Yeah. Is she she there? (laughs) She's there. She's at the foot of the bed. She's um, just, (laughs) not looking at me ignoring me <laughs> yeah yeah like that's that seems does. like like a like a great self-care I, tool I honestly yeah. I actually really like it because she's also like I rescued her in 2019 in New York at the ASPCA and she was a very traumatized cat she's so timid she's so quiet but it just like reminds me that like like when I, if there's a loud noise in the house, she'll jump and she'll get really, really scared. And it just kind of reminds me of like, wait, that is really scary. And it's okay that she reacts like that. So like, yeah, it kind of yeah. like, I see her as like nervous system regulation almost. It's like, it's okay to like feel that emotion and then just move on past it. So I, yeah, I, I love her. I love having a cat. <laughs> yeah. And I think Queen is like, has can teach people on yeah. why you should not be bottling up your reactions and totally and, she gets so scared yeah. but then after a minute she's like fine and it's like why pretend that you're not if that's like something that's frightening you just like let it happen and then just move on from it I think that's what we need to do we need to like shake up our emotions even if there is like no reason for it we just need to have like some outlet for me like that's also self-care be it through dance, be it through screams and shouts. Like there was this place uh, in in Gurgaon in, in New Delhi where they they created this place where you can just go and break stuff. Oh no way! That's so cool. Yeah, you can just go and break stuff there. <laughs> I thought that was like, yeah, I think that's cool. But to me, if even if you don't have something like that, 
at hand and most people probably don't so then you can just have like other ways cut things up or you know just scream into your pillow or just punch your pillow or something like that. I think it's important <laughs> to have outlets like that so that you can make sure yeah. just check in with yourself make sure you're not bottling anything up that's so so important I think people mm. don't have rituals like that and then they keep storing all of this toxic energy and all of the, these painful emotions and then they come bursting out suddenly and they end up damaging so much in your life I think that's that's tragic so that's something we, we should for me that's self-care making checking in with myself making sure if there's something I need if there's some stored energy I do what I can to cleanse that I do what I can to get all of that all of those demons <laughs> demons out <laughs> How do you channel it? As you were saying that, I was thinking, wow, like one thing I do do is I'm learning. I mean, I've always loved rollerblading because I grew up in California and skate culture was huge there. Um, but I'm like jam skating a lot and I'm like rollerblading and like doing things like that. Is there anything physically that you do to kind of like embody your physicality and just take that energy out of your body? Dance is one one thing that I do and I work out. So I do like random stuff. I used to work out to an app and I would do what the app directs me to do. But now instead I just like I start with uh, cardio and then I just follow whatever my body directs me to do. Mostly it's like I would lie down on the ground and I would do those yoga poses. Uh, I don't know the names, but like the baby pose or, you know, like. Oh my gosh. Yeah. My mom loves that one when we do yoga. (laughs) (laughs) We have to do other ones. (laughs) (laughs) But I think the greatest like thing we can all do for self-care is like just maintain that work in progress state of mind, like constantly remind ourselves that that's just what we are. And then we don't really have to be any other way. We don't have to constantly push ourselves. I think that's one of the reasons why this keeps happening to us is because we're constantly trying to be someone other than who we are in that moment and that puts so much stress and that so much puts so much pressure on us that it completely takes away the joy if there is any joy in that moment it completely takes that away or if there's learning or if there is just any quiet in that moment even that goes away because we're just trying so hard constantly I think that's something we should all just stop doing so much Mm -hmm. of to that point like I think it's also just like being enthusiastic about the things that you like like one thing I'm really embracing this year is liking the things I like unapologetically, yes. not because it sounds cool, not because it's like avant-garde or whatever. It has like some type of like value judgment that some people view to be better than others. I am really trying to move into like, I just want to do the things I like because I like it simply because of that. Yeah. And leading with that, um, I think is a much more joyful childlike way and it's just always nice to reconnect back to like your inner child or just to reconnect back to the things that you just genuinely like yeah and you appreciate yes okay so something else I thought we would we could talk about was relationships and the role that they play in life and in our growth as well so what do you do when you are just completely out of sync with the rest of your family with your friends or what you are experiencing is not making sense to everyone else or the goals that you're choosing and you just don't have the right kind of support from your loved ones this is something that you and me yeah. have definitely bonded over like my family doesn't <laughs> yeah. understand my career path <laughs> to be honest like I don't really understand it either because I'm making it up it's something creative yeah. that I am literally yeah. fashioning out of thin air and I think while my mom appreciates my skill sets that I've channeled into these like different aspects of my business she doesn't see it as a meaningful career like compared to my sister who works in um office administration my mom considers that to be like a very successful career path because she has benefits and a salary and these traditional markers of success right and my mom while she's an entrepreneur and like she started her own business it was out of the practical need of her not having the education and resources to do what she actually wanted to do so like I'm pursuing a very similar path but from this creative angle and she does support me unconditionally but she also doesn't understand it and we're people fear the things they don't understand right yeah, so like yeah, my absolutely. career is very unknown it's a very hard position to be in because like she like she supports so much of what I do but she doesn't understand it so I think it's 
extra hard because it's not like I'm getting this validation and I can't really go to her for advice. It does make me feel like this is a journey I'm in by myself, but I think if anything, this gives it a little bit more resilience to like the work that I am doing. It's like, I have to really believe in it. I need to be my biggest advocate for this because a lot of my family, they won't understand it. Like my friends understand it. And that's like the support that um, I can receive. But it's, it is definitely really tricky when your parents, they see what they're doing. Like they see what you're doing and they appreciate it, but they don't necessarily understand it. And when you talk to them about it, they like doubt you because they just don't see it as like a feasible option compared to like um, other family members that are pursuing something that is very clear cut, you know, like they just yeah, have these things. Yeah. Yeah, it's very conventional. And it's like, why can't you have a job like your sister? And it's like, because yeah. I would hate a nine to five. <laughs> like I've, tried, <laughs> yeah. I've done it before. It like, yeah. yeah, it killed me. I hated it. So like, that's how I know I have to do this. <laughs> like I, I've AB tested yes. it, you know, but um it's tricky. You have to have such a belief in yourself. How how do you handle yes. it with your family? Because I know that. You, well, yeah. yeah, I think what that's one of the reasons why I love this podcast so much because I I get to connect with people on a regular basis who are living this life that they have designed on their own where they are actively serving people and that's the part of their life that speaks to them the most. I think there is, of course, there is their family dynamics and their romantic relationships and all of that. And of course, that is such, such a huge, huge part of our lives. But when you can do something that really speaks to you and that also allows you to serve other people. So it's not just that you're nurturing yourself, but you are touching all these lives. You know, something I mentioned at the very beginning of our conversation. I think that is something that you really, you have to have the capacity to understand that understand what it means to you so that's one of the reasons why i love doing this podcast so much why i love collaborating with like-minded people so much because it gives me that that space where i'm free to express my opinions where i'm free to express myself my instincts all the ambitions that i have and just feel like yes this person is getting it because either they are going through it or they have done it or they are you know just you know because they've built their own path but I have, I have to also say, and this is something I hope like anybody who's going through this really takes note of. My parents weren't quite in that place of understanding, but they are there now because I it started involving them. Like I, every day for like 10, 15 minutes, I would sit with them and I would just tell them what I've done today. So I would tell them how my stuff is going, how hard and challenging it can be sometimes, why it's so rewarding, why I want to stick to it. Like, yes, you can give up and you can just think that like what you shared makes so much sense, like pulling in into yourself and just using digging in for the strength to keep going and not have to, you know, not really worrying so much about whether you have the support or not and just building on that resiliency. But I think another thing you can do is if it's someone who is really, really important to you, because then I think it's going to impact you in a whole other way and not. And it's not going to be the most positive impact. So then I think what you can do is you can keep having conversations around it. You can keep talking to this person. Give them the opportunity to understand. Because a lot of the time, if they don't understand, as you said, then they're going to judge. And there's going to be fear. They're going to worry about you. So just talk to them. Like with my parents, I make it very clear to them that they cannot set parameters of judgment for me. They cannot set parameters of success for me. I will tell them <laughs> what is success so far as my career is concerned to me, what success means and to how they can decide whether I'm on the right path or not. And I'm giving them like I'm I'm putting it all out there. I'm opening myself up. I'm letting them see why my why, my how, my goals, my milestones, everything. And gradually over time, they they, they started to get it. Like now they cheer for me. Now they're with me every step of the way. I think that's something that worked. We do have moments where suddenly they're like, but you just took like a step back. And like now I shifted my focus to just serving women. And then they're like, okay, so now you've gone and changed things again. <laughs> so <laughs> then I have to make them understand why I did it. But they got it. They get it. And they're in my corner and they understand why I'm doing it and my higher purpose with it. 
and they're good with it <laughs> so i think that's something that i've i've realized in the past two years like you have you can't just give up it's the easy thing to do yes but where my parents where my closest friends are concerned i value their opinion so i need them to see my perspective they may not accept it to be the right one they don't have to do that absolutely not but i just need them to appreciate it and just respect it and be in my corner and despite how self sufficient how independent i i can be i i have come to value that i've come to value what it's like when your friend tells you that yeah yeah i i saw this video you posted and it's so cool and i think i agree with you that that means something to me you don't have to be on board with my entire plan but little support like that matters and but you have to communicate that you have to let your people know that even that little bit of support is good you don't need them to see everything your way and be on board with your entire plan mm. but they can just show appreciation for what makes sense to them and that's okay then you have to accept what they can give without betraying whatever it is that they believe in and you have to be more accommodating and accepting as well i think that's something that I've learned. That's a really excellent excellent point because that is something that I've also had to approach my my mom with. It's like yeah. We've had because before she was like resistant to the idea of me pursuing this path because I like I've told you before, I mean, I've always had very conventional jobs offset by these very creative intuitive jobs through most of my time living and working in New York. And then after the pandemic, I actually left my nonprofit job which is a very like i mean the job was wonderful and it sounded great and i loved the work that i did but it just wasn't the work that like drove me as a person so as soon as i shifted into like working for myself my parents were definitely um my mom was definitely not understanding of it and i had to sit her down and have a conversation with her where it was like you don't have to understand it but you absolutely do have to respect the decision i'm making for myself even if you don't understand this decision even if it doesn't make sense even if no one else in your family or friends are doing this you have to like respect what i'm doing and yeah. if you don't understand it ask me a question about it instead of judging me or making snarky comments because that's something that <laughs> yeah. she would do yeah. where she was like you just had a job like you know xyz person or you know you were so successful doing this before it's like maybe i was more successful doing that but i wasn't necessarily happier or it didn't really push me forward meaningfully but now i'm doing this thing and it makes me very happy so just appreciate that and just know that like the like i will yeah. be successful on my own terms it's not going to be the way that you've looked and that's been the hardest thing for her to wrap her mind around because she's <laughs> always wanted such a specific yeah. example for me and i'm like it's not going to look like that <laughs> you better look <laughs> like that yeah <laughs> but i think in that moment you have to look at the intention and not the words or the actions you have to look at the intention yeah. it's probably cuz she's scared for you and she's worried that you're going to regret this down the line i think that oh totally i'm like but it. mom like <laughs> Like you raised yeah. me to be the person I am. You you should have known yes. that I would have fit this kind of person. <laughs> like, that's something I remind. Me. Yeah, that's something I say to my mom all the time. Like if you didn't want a bold daughter, you shouldn't have raised me like this. You raised me to be bold. <laughs> Did I say the same thing to my mom? She's always taught me to be strong and opinionated yeah. and it's like yeah. now you're mad that I'm strong and opinionated. <laughs> like, <laughs> take a side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i i always feel end up feeling very warm and very like loved and protected during those moments even though we're having an oh, argument totally. <laughs> it's like you love me <laughs> yeah this is yeah she's so worried about me this is so cute <laughs> <laughs> i think the same thing it's it's a really nice way to see it that cuz i i yeah. have started to see my mom whenever she like I did this interview this morning and I was reporting and my mom walked into a sandwich and I just like <laughs> took it from her. I was like, "Please don't come in." And she was like, "What?" And she like opens the door and like puts a sandwich in my face um for me to eat breakfast and it's like little moments like that. I would have just been so embarrassed when I was younger, but now I'm just so happy and grateful that I have a parent yeah. that is so demonstrating with her yeah. love for me. Yeah. It's a very like beautiful thing. 
Yes, that's so true. That's such a like such a great great thing to have in your life. <laughs> even when <laughs> it can be <laughs> such a yeah. like even when like the difficult moments are worth it because of that. And I think we have to remember that when we are having these struggles. I agree. Yeah. Anything else you want to say to our listeners? Um no, I mean, I'm just really happy that I was able to have this kind of conversation with you because the last two episodes that I've done, it's been such a lovely time being invited and being on your podcast, but the interview format doesn't really flow into a conversation. So it's yes. really nice getting to like hear about your perspective on these things and having a conversation <laughs> with you. And I'm excited to do it again. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, to my listeners, I would like to ask you all to send in your feedback. Let us know if you enjoyed this conversation. Uh, if this was something that didn't just entertain you, but also helped you in what you're trying to do with your life, because that's always our goal with every piece of content we create. So definitely let us know. And if you have questions for either one of us, you can DM me or send an email to me or to Julie. You will find all the information you need in the episode description. All the contact details will be there. If you have anything to add to what we talked about today, definitely, definitely share that. We would love to read your opinions, your take on the topics discussed today. And if you have suggestions, those are also more than welcome. They will really help us shape this episode into something that really serves you and whatever goals you may have going forward. And as always, the resources mentioned during the episode will be in the episode description. If you want to explore more of my content, you can go to my website, kratimehra.com or you can follow me on Instagram at mehra underscore krati i will also be sharing a link to julie's articles you can find that in the episode description as well if you're enjoying the show and if it's helping you in any way i would love for you to rate and review the show on itunes and share it on instagram as well it will help the show grow and reach a wider audience that's it for today i'll be back next week till then please do take care of yourself